Hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of For the Record with Tess Hurd. I'm Tess Hurd, and this is For the Record. I hope that you all are having an incredible week and an even more incredible Friday. Man, it feels good to be back on Fridays. Oh my goodness. Alright, we are going to skip all of the chit-chat, and we are going to jump straight into the topic of today's episode. We have a verdict. I know I didn't cover the last couple of days of the trial. I didn't really know exactly how to do that. So we went from the big bombshell of Johns Hopkins being at risk for immediate jeopardy to a verdict. So I am going to fill you in a little bit on what happened. The important thing is that we have a verdict. So really quick before I tell you what the verdict is, I'll do somewhat of a little recap here. So basically what happened is the defense failed to bring in all of the evidence that the judge requested. He said that he wanted everything that had a scintilla of odor that could potentially lead to this immediate jeopardy. He wanted that turned over. And while defense did bring in several boxes of files and reports, they did not actually bring in the report about the immediate jeopardy. So that was a strike against them. In the end, the evidence of the immediate jeopardy was brought to the jury. It was let in. And basically, that kind of sealed the fate of Johns Hopkins. So with that being said, we're going to get into this verdict. This trial has gone on for nine weeks, and we've been following following along with it since witnesses began testifying about six weeks ago. We've heard every testimony, seen every piece of admitted evidence. We've watched the court react and heard responses to each question asked. We've been shocked by this jury and their questions. We've listened to the motions and the arguments over witnesses and testimonies and evidence. We've been through it all together. And now we finally have a verdict. It took the jury a total of 995 minutes, which if I'm not mistaken, is roughly 17 hours over a three-day period. So let's see what the jury has to say. On the counts of false imprisonment, there were three counts of false imprisonment. They voted, yes, they falsely imprisoned Maya. On the count of battery by Kathy Beattie, the jury voted, yes, Maya was battered by Kathy Beattie. On the count of intentional infliction of emotional distress on Maya, they counted yes. On medical malpractice, the jury counted yes. On false billing, I really didn't know how to word that, but the bill, the Kowalskis were billed for the treatment of CRPS when they didn't actually treat for CRPS. The jury said yes, they 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 were guilty of that. The estimated amount that the Kowalskis are awarded by the jury 
is, depending on the math, I've heard a couple of different things, somewhere between $238 million and $244 million. That is insane. So I do want to touch on the fact that the Kowalskis were suing Johns Hopkins, I believe, for $228 million. So either, whether it's $238 or $244 million that the jury said this is what you should get, they exceeded that $228 million. I also want to say that there were these seven counts... And I believe it's only seven. That's all I can recall listening to the, to the verdict being read. So the seven counts, they voted in favor of the Kowalskis on every single count. There's not a one that they did not get something for, that the jury voted in favor of defense for. And honestly, I'm shocked. I am absolutely shocked. I'm personally thrilled with this outcome, but I am shocked. Mostly at the fact that they sided with the plaintiff in the false billing because there were things that were billed to the insurance that could have been used towards CRPS. But again, you know, I think about how I have to go to my retina specialist and every year I have to sign up at the front desk a consent to treat. Consent to, consent to treat. Okay, so they, they are able to bill me for the treatment. But then I also have to sign whenever I have to get an injection or whenever I have to have a surgery or something like that. I still have to sign a secondary waiver saying that they can do this treatment so I can get billed for that. So I think that that kind of covers two things. One, whenever Maya had stuff done, you know, defense brought a witness in saying that whenever they brought Maya to the emergency room, they signed consent to treat, but there are other things that needed their own consent don't they? Because if I have to sign consent for treatment at my retina specialist, but then I have to sign a separate consent for them to stick a needle in my eyeball, the first consent to treat doesn't cover the eye injections or the laser treatments or the surgery itself. There still has to be some sort of consent given for that separate action to be completed. But then it also leaves like a paper trail for insurance like okay if they signed and consented to this then we know that they got that treatment done we can bill for that and if I didn't get that treatment done if I didn't sign saying that I consented to it then there would be no paper trail and they could bill me for whatever they wanted to so I think that it's crazy but awesome that they were able to get a verdict in their favor for the false billing. I'm just, I'm thrilled. I'm so thrilled for them. I know that a lot of people think that Beata 
was abusing Maya, that Maya has some sort of factitious or conversion disorder. But if you really listen to the evidence, if you really watch and hear the testimonies of the people, if you listen to Maya, if you listen to Jack and Kyle and all of the different doctors and everything, I do not believe for an instant that Beata was doing anything to intentionally cause Maya harm. I just can't make myself believe that. There were a couple of times throughout the trial that I thought that, well, maybe she was being too over the top. And if I was a doctor, I may look at it and think, huh, this looks kind of suspicious. But at the end of it now, after hearing all of the testimony and watching all of the trial and going through all of this, I really do feel like Beata was just trying to do what was best for Maya. And yeah, some of those things were probably extreme. They were probably excessive. But she wasn't doing those things on her own volition. She was doing those things at the recommendation of the doctors. And in closing arguments, the plaintiff really brought that out. Like, if you think that what was being done to Maya was so bad, why aren't you going after the doctors who were doing it to him? Why are you going after Beata whenever Beata was just listening to what the doctor said? She wasn't the one who was coming up with these treatment plans. She wasn't the one who was doing all these things. She was just following the doctor's orders. And I think that some of the doctor's orders were a bit extreme. But I also have a friend who said that if it was her and her daughter, she would do the exact same thing. She would do whatever she had to do to take care of her child and make sure that her child wasn't hurting and wasn't sick and wasn't in pain. I don't have that mother's instinct, that mother's intuition, so I can't speak to that. But I think about as a type 1 diabetic, my mom walked through fire for me so I could get the medications that I needed, so I could get the treatments that I needed as a diabetic. And I think that that's just something that mothers do. They fight with everything they have. And I think that that's what Beata was doing. I think that she was simply fighting with everything that she had to keep Maya alive and safe. And you may say, well, the ketamine coma had a 50% chance of death. Technically, no one ever said that. It is risky, yes, but not a 50% chance of death. And if you think about it, if you had a child and they were in such horrible pain that they would tell you that they wished that they could go to heaven, that they wished that they could die and go to heaven, how do you not do everything you can to ease that pain and suffering in your child? How? Even without being a mom, I think that I would bend over backwards to do whatever I could for my kid if they were in that kind of pain. And if the doctor said, oh, well, there's this really risky procedure you can do that'll help her, then 
yeah, I'd probably go for it because the chance of it helping outweighs the risk of the chance of it hurting. At least I think that's how Beata saw it. So we're going to move on from that because I know that there is a lot of people who are going to be very upset by what I said. And that's okay. That's fine. We have the right to have a differing opinion on this. And that's okay. I just ask respectfully that if you want to debate it, do so respectfully. I'm not going to come back in the comments with my keyboard warrior attire on and slash you out for it. So please don't come at me like that either. I would appreciate that. Back onto the verdict. The only thing that still needs to be done is the jury thought that the Kowalskis deserved punitive damages. And so there is another verdict form that they have to go through. And they have to hear a little bit more testimony about the punitive damages. And then they will deliberate on the punitive damages. And there's already a little bit of drama going on with that. There is a cap for punitive damages in Florida. I think it's 3.5 times the amount. So... I don't really understand it fully, but there is the possibility that the cap could be removed so that these punitive damages could be whatever, but then there's also a chance that the cap could stay in place and the punitive damages will stay lower than what they could be. So that is still up in the air, but things are finally gonna settle down a little bit now at least for me and in my life there is obviously without a doubt definitely going to be appeals from the hospital on this and as long as an appeal is going on then the Kowalskis do not get any of the money it will go into some sort of trust or escrow or bond and once the appeals are said and done, then they will be able to claim that money. Another thing that I want to talk about is the fact that no amount of money is going to bring Beata back. That's a fact. But I do think that this is going to give the Kowalskis some sense of closure and I just pray that because they have this verdict now, because they have this, because someone finally said to Maya, I see you and I believe you, maybe they can move on and they can gain a sense of peace and be able to finally put all of this not behind them, because I don't think this is something that you can ever truly move on from, but they can learn to live with the loss of Beata and they can move forward from here. I don't know how long it's going to take to get the punitive damages squared away, so I'm not going to add that in this episode. But I will probably do an update episode later on with that information in there. But that is where I am going to leave you guys off today. 
I know that this is another short one and mostly just me ranting and raving about some things, but I just needed to get my thoughts out. And that's one reason why I started the podcast was so I could get my thoughts out about some of these court cases, some of these trials, some of these, you know, cold cases and whatnot. And I'm glad that I have a place where I can do that and do so freely and not have to worry about, you know, anybody coming after me. Because honestly, if you come after me, it's really not going to bother me. So, yeah. All right, guys. I am going to be taking a week off. So there will not be another episode until the week after this. So there will be a new episode on November 24th, the day after Thanksgiving. There is also a possibility that I will have to take a bit of a sabbatical with the podcast, depending on what goes on at my next eye appointment. I may be in the books for another surgery. If I have to have another eye surgery, then that will put me out of commission for depending on what kind of surgery it is because we don't know yet could put me out of the books for several weeks but I promise I will keep you guys updated on that and I think that's all that I have to say so until next time the record will so reflect